your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 504 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just wanted to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That song you are hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. Today, very special crossover edition. Going to be joined in just a second by my good friend Adam Denker from Locked On Tampa Bay Lightning. Obviously, just kind of previewing this two-game set between the Rangers and the Lightning. The Rangers will play in Tampa on New Year's Eve, and then two days later on Sunday, they will play host to the Tampa Bay Lightning at Madison Square Garden at 12.30 Eastern Time. So we basically just break down the entire forthcoming two-game set. We talk a little bit about everything that's happened with the Rangers and Lightning thus far this season. We offer some predictions, also talk a little bit about, you know, the NHL not playing in the Olympics and, of course, the World Juniors being shut down. So uh, a lot to get through today and uh, definitely enjoy our conversation with Mr. Adam Denker from Locked on Tampa Bay Lightning. All right, so welcome back, Ranger fans and Lightning fans. We got a special crossover edition for you guys here today. This is John Chick with Locked on New York Rangers, joined by Adam Denker of Locked on Tampa Bay Lightning. Adam, how are we doing today, buddy? Hey, John. How's everything going? Uh, yeah, it, you know, we're winding down the year, and, and you and I, uh, we've been talking about this for a while. Let's get together and, and do a crossover, and lo and behold, last day of the year, our teams are going to square off, and, and really excited for this matchup. This is definitely a matchup, even though, you know, the Rangers have been playing very well this year. I, I'm very much looking forward to it, just to see how these two teams equal out each other. Yeah, there's stars all over the ice and obviously a lot of fire, offensive firepower on both sides and, uh, you know, lethal power play units, great goalies. I mean, I I think it's going to be a really fun matchup. Uh, You know, the Rangers, they had that stretch not too long ago where they won 11 out of 12, but they've since gone just two, four and one. So uh, I feel like it's a big game for them. And of course, the Rangers and Lightning are going to play again on Sunday. So uh, we'll see how this two game set here goes. But how about Tampa, man? I mean, they're looking as good as ever. Uh, I just checked uh, their recent history and it looks like they've uh, they're on another, you know, nine wins and 10 games streak over there. So uh, what, what are you seeing from Tampa so far, or, or lately, rather? What I've been seeing out of this team is something that we haven't been seeing from this team over the last couple of years. Usually the Tampa Bay Lightning have been winning in spectacular fashion here and there. But really, this we've been seeing really this this style of play that they've been exhibiting, just fighting to the bitter end, really just doing and, and finding any way they can to win these games. And, and a lot of that has involved going beyond the third period, which I have early on in the, early on in the season, I kind of criticized them for just because of the, what, what the season's going to look like going forward with them playing an 82 game season for the first time in a couple of years. And we all are, are familiar with the amount of playoff games that this team has played over the last two seasons. So really trying to get them to limit the amount of miles, but you know, it, it, you know, it, you can't argue with them munching up points and look where it is. Now we're talking about them in the president's trophy race. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's funny you mentioned that they've actually been grinding their way to some wins because, you know, for a while they were kind of missing that, that grittiness and that edge. And then, you know, they bring in some reinforcements and you have that line of Gaudreau and Gordon Coleman and all those guys are gone now. So I, I was actually planning on asking you about that anyway. But, I mean, have they missed that line at all? Or has it kind of just been next man up and, you know, you've got other guys that are kind of playing those roles now? 
Oh, there's there's no doubt when when you lose three pivotal guys. Come on, let's face it. The, that that third line was the heart and soul of this team for the last two cup runs. And and anytime you lose three very high quality players such as Goodrow, uh, Gord, and and Coleman, I, I mean, it's going to take some time for for a team to really pick up the pieces and see what they got. And we saw that in the first couple of weeks. You know, the Lightning weren't really too impressive in terms of their offensive output. John Cooper loves, no matter who's on who's on the third line on any given night, he really loves to start the, the game off with that third line. And it's taken a while for this team to, to really kind of find their identity on that third line out there. But he's played around with it thus far. And, and really right now, as we're kind of hitting the ground running towards the end of the year, uh, it's basically turned into a grinder line. Right now we got Maroon, Edward Belmar, and Corey Perry, who – Corey Perry got off to probably one of the slowest starts I've ever seen him get off to in his career. And he, he was doing all the, the right things, just couldn't get the puck in the back of the net. And now you can't stop him. I mean, the guy is just a scoring machine at this point. And really, the Lightning couldn't have asked for a better better way, a uh, better offseason than just things of, of how having players and their depth. So really, you know, it, it was a matter of time. Just you see what the players that they have on this team. And, and obviously, I don't expect this third line to stay what it is just because they have a lot of injuries right now. Nikita Kucherov is out, so that moves Matthew Joseph up to the second line, thus moving Ross Colton up to the first. So, you know, I, I don't expect this to be the hardcore third line for the re, for the remainder of the year, but um, they're, they're still as good a third line as any as Lightning fans could have asked for. Yeah, and I think you and your listeners will probably be interested to know, obviously, Barclay Goodrow was there for the last two cup runs. It's crazy because he was only there for like a year and a half, and yet I still think of him as like, oh, that guy we got from Tampa, right? But um, but no, he's he's been really good for the Rangers, a really valuable player. He's somebody that I think at different points this season, he's made at least uh, small appearances on all four of the Ranger lines, and recently he's backed down into you know a fourth-line role. Uh, they've had him out there with McKaig and Reeves. Of course, McKaig would usually be a healthy scratch if uh, Rooney was not on the COVID list. But uh, he's been a really important player for the Rangers. You know, somebody who's been great on the penalty kill, uh, somebody that you really want out there on the ice if the Rangers are trying to protect a one-goal lead late in games and, uh, you know, just a physical tone setter. So I think uh, anybody who, you know, has some affection for Barclay Goodrow among the Tampa Bay fan base, uh, you'll be happy to know he's done, he's done a pretty nice job so far for the Rangers. And I just love the fact that, uh, you know, they have a two-time Stanley Cup winning player on the roster finally because it'd been a while since they had had a you know a former cup winner on the team yeah absolutely and and, and when i jumped on your show in the offseason i told you what you were going to get barkley Goodrow, and, and one of the, the number one thing you were going to get out of him was was a leader and and i i had the pleasure of watching the game last night uh against the panthers the the and and i have to say that you know he he's involved in every play and you could see the players on this team already respect him as you could tell he's wearing the a right now but a player I want to ask you about because this is a player who obviously I live up in the New York area but I I haven't been able to follow a lot of Ranger games this year obviously because of so focused on the Lightning but I want you to tell my listeners a little bit about Dryden Hunt you know there's a lot of hype that you could see around him guys like Elliot Friedman are constantly tweeting about him when they get the chance what is what's the story with Dryden Hunt what makes him so special so, Hunt, I mean, the thing is, when, when, they, when free agency began, I'm pretty sure the Rangers signed him on the first day of free agency. It was either the first day or the second day. And it's funny because I did a crossover, a post-game crossover episode with Armando Velez of Locked On Panthers last night, uh, Dryden Hunt being a for, former Florida Panther. But uh, Hunt's been great. You know, he's one of those guys, he comes to the Rangers, 
on, you know, a very small contract and he doesn't really come in with a lot of hype, a lot of fanfare. When they signed him, I just kind of figured like, okay, this guy will maybe be like an NHL, AHL swingman, or even if he's on the NHL roster, he'll be a healthy scratch a lot of nights. And, you know, to start the season, he was on the fourth line. And, you know, at first there, there was nothing that really stood out that much, but then you start watching it a little bit more closely. And as you know, Adam, it's not always about, you know, goals and assists and points and power play and all that stuff. You know, you need some grinders on your team. And this guy, man, when he, when there's a puck battle, like along the boards, he fights for that puck like his life is on the line. And I think he's really become a, a favorite of Gerard Gallant in a pretty short amount of time here. Uh, coming into the season, I think the Rangers thought that Vitaly Kravtsov was probably going to be the second-line right winger in due time. Now, he didn't make the, uh, the opening night roster, and he threw a fit, and now he's back playing in the KHL, and that's uh, a saga in and of itself. But uh, it basically left an opening there on that second-line right wing spot. And whoever's there, you get to play with Artemi Panarin and Ryan Strom. And uh, Dryden Hunt has really taken advantage of the opportunity. He doesn't um, you know, necessarily light up the, the score sheet every single night, but he's somebody that does a lot of the dirty work. And I think Panarin and Strom really like playing with him. Uh, yeah, just, just a hard-nosed, gritty player. And like I said, you need some of those guys on your team. I don't know if he's going to stay on the second line for you know, the entire season. In fact, I would probably bet that he would not do that. But you know, while it's lasting, I, I think for the most part it's worked. And uh, you know, like I said, he, he's somebody that you didn't have a ton of expectations about, but that's one of the fun things in sports, man, when you have somebody that you think is just going to be a role player and he ends up really exceeding expectations. And I think that's what we're seeing out of Dryden Hunt so far. Just want to take a minute to let everyone know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easy to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good, you'll want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill. Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Here's an idea for the new year. Go to all your secret treat stashes at home, in the pantry, at the office, in the car, wherever. Throw out all the sugary or calorie-filled treats and replace them with Built Bars. So when you're craving a snack or treat, you can reach for something that's healthy and tastes incredible. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, just wanted to thank you guys, as always, for making Lockdown New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And, and I think both our teams have, have players that have definitely exceeded expectations throughout this season. And, and a large part of that, obviously other than performance, is players being slotted into situations that maybe during normal times we might not see them so often. And a lot of that has to do with, of course, the big C word, and that's COVID. Uh, my team has finally got the COVID bug after, you know, for the most part, being able to stay away from it for the last couple of years. And, and I'm looking at yours as well. You guys are pretty heavily ravaged by COVID. Um, how, how much of an impact has it made on the performance thus far this season? Uh, for the Rangers, I would say not quite as bad or not nearly as bad, really, as some other teams. I can remember a game earlier this season when the Rangers went up against the Islanders. And it's not too often that I feel a lot of sympathy for the New York Islanders. But, I mean, ha half their team was on the COVID list. And they're playing with all these AHLers and guys that you've never heard of. And the Rangers pretty much cruised to a 4-1 to win. And, 
you know, I mean, I'll, I'll take the win. I mean, it is what it is. COVID is, is doing what it's doing, and it's really unfortunate and uh, really sad. Obviously, you know, almost two years later, this is still a thing here. Um, but as far as the Rangers, I mean, right now, they have more players on the COVID list than they've had all season. Um, but even so, I mean, I, I look around the league, and, you know, there's other teams that have like six, eight, ten players on the list. Uh, with the Rangers right now, you're looking at uh, Ryan Lindgren, and that's a big loss because he usually plays with Adam Fox and uh, one of the more underrated players on the Rangers. Um, but besides that, you've got Kevin Rooney, a uh, good player, really good player, guy that I really like, usually plays on the fourth line. And then you've also got Jared Tenorti, who's typically a healthy scratch, and Alex Georgiev, who uh, might have been in line to play one of these games against Tampa. Um, but if he's on the list, uh, I would imagine maybe you get Igor in one game and Keith Kincaid in the, in the other one. But, uh, you know, as of now, you know, I, I can't really complain that much because I see other teams that have been hit a lot harder. And I'll ask you the same thing, Adam. I mean, how, how has it gone so far with Tampa? Have they been hit hard at times or have there been guys out of the lineup? How, how has it gone overall? Well, I think the common theme with this Tampa team over the last couple of years is just next guy up and, and their ability to play without their stars. You know, we saw it two years ago when they won in the bubble without Steven Stamkos. And then last year, obviously, the entire league was up against us and saying that there was some master conspiracy that the Lightning were keeping Nikita Kucherov to the side until the playoffs so they could go beneath the cap. Uh, but this year, kind of more of the same story. The Lightning were combined for 14 games without Nikita Kucherov and Braden Point. They just got Braden Point back last night, uh, scored two goals in the first five minutes. So obviously he has not missed the step since being out. But Kucherov is on IR. We got Chernak on IR. And then we got six players right now all hitting the COVID list at once. So those guys most likely will not be in, in, in action against the Rangers, at least for tomorrow night's game. Uh, big names include Andre Vasilevsky, Mikhail Sergachev, and Anthony Sorelli and Taylor Radish. And the Lightning, really, that goes back to the depth with this team. Uh, it, it, and think how crazy this is, John. The Lightning last night were without both their goaltenders. So they had to call up Hugo Anafelt and Maxine Legacy from Syracuse to jump in and, yeah. and ask a tall order of Maxine Legacy, hey, you're missing two of your, your best defensemen. You're missing a couple of your centermen. And you're missing the two goaltenders. So you're going to need to ha try and keep this game as close as possible. And he did. I mean, obviously, there were some situations where, obviously, inexperience comes into play. But for the most part, kept his composure and was able to help this team pull up an overtime win. So really, kind of the, 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 the extensive, extensive amount of in, uh, injuries that the Lightning have faced over the last couple of years have kind of inadvertently prep this team for COVID, but obviously, you know, it, it's not a good situation anytime you have six players out, especially prime players such as these guys out at one time. Yeah, and it, it's such, a, you know, an unknown right now. I mean, I, I, we were talking about this with Armando last night as well, but I mean, we, who just to say what anything is even going to look like, you know, two weeks from now, a month from now, two months from now. I mean, the season could maybe be in jeopardy. It, it looks like the NHL is just going to try to uh, push their way through it, and they might do some makeup games in February, uh, you know, in the area there that was uh, originally going to be used for the Olympic break. But I want to get your thoughts on that too, man, because obviously the NHL not going to be participating in the Olympics this year, and we just saw the World Juniors get shut down after, you know, only three days of games. Um, just your thoughts on uh, no NHL players in the Olympics, because for me, it's a complete bummer, but I also completely understand where the NHL is coming from and, you know, wanting to uh, – try to keep everybody healthy and try to make up their own games. Yeah, I, I think um, 
a lot of us, especially us that, that are, you know, hosts of shows and, and work in hockey, we're super excited to get, you know, some sort of normalcy back into the equation of our lives and have the Olympics, especially us uh, with the NHL channel here still being so young with Locked On. This is really was going to be our first Olympics, and that was really going to be a cool and exciting time for all of us as hosts. And, yeah, so it, it was kind of a bummer to see the Olympics get canceled and not have – well, not not have the NHLers in the Olympics, excuse me. Yeah, uh, yeah. But at the same time, in, in the last couple of weeks with, with the uptick in COVID cases, not only in the National Hockey League but around the, around the country, really, and, and just seeing how the Canadian government was, was reacting to all this, you kind of had a feeling that this was going to be sort of a repeat of what we kind of saw in, in mid, early March uh, of 2020. So as disappointed as I am, I, I'm not surprised. And I think that I could speak for at least all of us in terms of just in the interest of our team's long-term success that you really didn't want to see your best players on your team go over to, to, to play in a tournament that really, you know, being away from their families and, and being halfway around the world and, and playing a tournament for two weeks to where, you know, if they pass, they, they test positive, you might not see these guys for another month. So really, you know, think about it. How, how much, how worth it was it really to have guys go over there and, and play for, for bragging rights as best team in the world. But, you know, there's always going to be another one, obviously, you know, but it, it was disappointing. I think on my side, just to, to hear what Steven Stamco said, because he did come out after a game and, and, Talk, talk about how really disappointed he was and, and that he's been waiting a very long time for this. Obviously, last time Steven Stamkos had a chance at playing the Olympics, he had that horrific injury with his leg. Um, so, you know, it's disappointing to see guys like that where he's having a fantastic season, would it definitely be selected to the team, but unfortunately due to COVID. But I think that uh, Connor McDavid, what he said a couple of weeks ago, a couple of days ago where maybe the NHL should do something like this, possibly during All-Star Weekend, I wouldn't mind that. I think that maybe this would actually make the All-Star Weekend a little bit more exciting. John, what what are your thoughts on that? Because, it, I, I mean, as disappointed, like, yeah, like we are about this, it didn't seem like the players were too excited at all for, for the possibility of going over there. So maybe this is a great opportunity for the NHL to kind of hype up the All-Star game by having their own mini Olympics. Yeah, I mean, I'd be on board with that. I mean, because obviously there's not really any international travel there other than, you know, the, the teams in Canada traveling to uh, – where, where's the All-Star game this year? Is it in Vegas? I believe it's in Vegas this year. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, listen, if they want to shake up the All-Star game a little bit, I'm all for it because, you know, I'll watch the NHL All-Star game. I don't think it's necessarily the most exciting all-star game across professional sports. I mean, nobody really plays any defense. Nobody hits each other. And, you know, in recent years, they do this weird thing where there's like a couple of different teams playing each other. Uh, it feels like there's a different format every season. So, yeah, you know what? If you want to just like take the all-stars and just divide them among their their country, their, their fellow countrymen and do it that way, I mean, why not? I mean, to me, that's more interesting and more exciting than, you know, oh, this division against that division and this team, you know what I mean? So, like, yeah, I'd be all for it, man. I, 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 I'd be completely on board with that. Yeah, I, I think that's because I, I think we could both agree the, the NHL All-Star game needs an absolute redo in terms of the way they do things. Like you said, they, it seems like they change up things every, every year and you just can't keep track of it. 
Just want to take a minute to let everyone know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues the march through the college bowl season and the pro football playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. So don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available. Bet online, where the game starts. So just looking towards our New Year's Eve game uh, tomorrow night, what are your expectations for your Rangers and, and how they're going to be able to handle my Tampa Bay Lightning? This is going to be a tough one. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And there's this trend with the Rangers. It's kind of this narrative that's picking up a little bit of steam lately is that the Rangers, they don't do so well against the really, really good teams in this league. And I think with that loss of the Panthers last night, I would have to double check this number to be 100% on this. But I think their record against teams that are currently in playoff position is like 3-8-2, and two, which obviously is not ideal. And, you know, something that I talked about on my podcast not too long ago is that how the Rangers take care of business against all the teams that they should be. They have not lost uh, very many games at all to bad teams. But by that same token, I mean, sooner or later, you got to start beating some of these teams that you're used to looking up at in the standings. And obviously, New Year's Eve would be a heck of a time to start. Um, and I'm hopeful, and I think the Rangers, you know, obviously playing the Tampa Bay Lightning twice in three days here, I think they'll at least get a split out of it. Uh, sooner or later, it's just going to be gut check time for this team because, you know, they, they went through this stretch where they won 11 out of 12 games and, you know, haven't done so hot since. I think, uh, God, what are they, like 2-4-1 and one since then, something like that. So big game. I think the Rangers will find a way to at least get two points out of these two games against the Tampa Bay Lightning. But, uh, yeah, I, I think it could be high scoring and uh, it could be a little bit of a shootout bet- between these two squads. But how about you, man? What, what do you think is, it's going to be like in this game tomorrow night? I, I think it's going to be the opposite. I think the Lightning are going to go out in these two games, especially tomorrow night, and, and, and try and play physical early on, try and get on the board early and just keep the opportunities to a minimum, um, especially with uh, two. I think we're going to see Maxine Legacy and Nettie earn himself. If he could pull out the win tonight against the Panthers, I think we'll see him get another start and then probably have Hugo Anafelt at the Garden on Sunday. Um, I, I think really just just be able to, to keep the lanes open so Legacy could get a, a, a good look at shots coming on in. Uh, I think that they're going to try and set up one-timers real quick. I think um, uh, the coaching staff for the Lightning, because John Cooper is out on the COVID protocol list as well, I think they're just going to unleash Braden Point. I think they're going to let Point try and just take the puck and press it up as much as possible and just really just play a game of, all right, I have the puck, try and catch me uh, early yeah. on and, and see. And, and really the key is, you know, if, if the Lightning, they, they need to win the first five minutes. I think this is a theme that I've been talking about for probably the last two seasons because, I mean, for the most part, we have the same number group of players on this team. So really, if, if the Lightning could go out, win the first five minutes, I, I think that really we'll, we'll see this game really close, like a 2-1 win in, in regulation. Uh, other than that, I fully expect this game to go to overtime, no matter what happens over the next 60 minutes. 
Yeah, I, I can definitely see that happening. I mean, I will say, you know, you mentioned Braden Point a second ago. For all the great players on the Tampa Bay Lightning, he scares me more than anybody, man. And one of the biggest reasons is just watching him really closely. I happen to catch a lot of Tampa Bay Lightning playoff games in 2020, you know, the COVID year where everybody was in the bubble. And, man, every time this guy had the puck, I mean, it, it felt like he was just going to snipe one into the top shelf. Um, but, you know, one other thing I'll mention about these, these two matchups, uh, I think the special teams matchups are going to be huge, particularly the Ranger penalty kill, which has been very good against the Tampa Bay power play unit, which I can only assume, uh, given, again, the talent on that team, has been a strength of the Lightning so far this season. Is that the case? Yeah, absolutely. I think that really, you know, uh, as, as much as we like to think in, in hockey that really your power play is really what wins you games, it's been quite the opposite for the, for the Lightning. Their their PK has probably won them more games than I would really care to imagine, just because uh, this team just takes so many penalties on a nightly basis. So really, you know, by default, they have to be good. Uh, right now, yeah. they're, they're at 80% on the PK, and that ranks them at 18th. Uh, so, yeah, we're definitely going to see two two special teams that are really going to be able to battle it out. I think we're gonna, this is definitely some of the best. Really where I'm going to be interested to see where the Rangers are going to be able to one-up the Lightning, and that's on the face-off circle, something that, you know, the Lightning aren't too particularly bad. Right now they're sitting at just a shade under 50%, but really it's not so much the, the percentage that I'm worried about. It's at certain situations in the game that the Lightning have struggled, more so later on in their own zone when when the team is when when the opposing team is on the power play or just has the momentum at that point in time that's where the lightning somehow for some reason that is still beknownst to me uh it, they struggle very badly and it's not just that it's their positioning off the faceoffs uh sometimes you could see this team they lose a couple of faceoffs and they just become discombobulated and that's what leads to open chances and quick goals in in a matter of minutes and and really I'm, I'm curious to see how this Ranger team will be able to take advantage of that because the Lightning will give up some chances like that. It's only a matter of if the Rangers could capitalize. Yeah, well, the good news for you, Adam, and for all your listeners as well, is that the Rangers uh, winning faceoffs is not a strength of this team and really <laughs> hasn't been for, for quite some time. Uh, I happened to check the stats uh, a day or two ago, and the Rangers, I think, were fifth or sixth to last in the NHL in face-off winning percentage, and that's an improvement over where they were uh, at the start of the season. For, for the longest time, they were either last or second to last, so they've actually gotten a little bit better recently, but, you know, it, it's one of those things that's kind of to be expected with the Rangers because, uh, you know, last season, they didn't really have any guys that you could count on to win a big face-off, and even coming into this season, they didn't really do anything to, to kind of address that weakness, and so it's not really any surprise that they're, you know, at least in the bottom third of the league um, the one thing I'd like to see, uh, going back to Barclay Goodrow here, is him play a little bit more center. You know, it's nice that he can play all three forward positions, gives you a little bit of versatility. But uh, for his career, I think he's right around 50% or maybe just over. And, you know, I don't know. I just feel like when you've got a really big face-off situation late in the game, and granted the Rangers have done this at times, but I'd like to see Barclay Goodrow out there taking the draw. I mean, you got to go with the guy that gives you the best chance uh, to win a critical face-off. And to me, that's Barclay Goodrow on the Rangers. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I would be looking, I, I think the one guy I think all my listeners could agree on, is, is, especially in a big time situation, I think we want to see uh, Pierre-Edouard Belmar, uh, who has really been one of the nicest surprises we have seen on this team thus far. You know, he's not going to go out there and score a ton of points, even though I say that, and he's up to seven on the season. 
Uh, he has really, really done a fantastic job of, of winning faceoffs and, and, and really just doing all the things right. And, and really, you know, it's funny that you brought up Barkley Goodrow because they, their games are not that far apart in terms of, of how similar they are. And, and really, I think uh, your listeners will see that uh, in this matchup tomorrow night that, you know, you look at, at Pierre Edouard Belmar. Uh, he's going to be almost the spit and image of, of Barkley Goodra out there. So definitely you'll see those two guys on the ice and see how they balance each other out. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I figure um, if, if there's any prediction you want to throw out there, I mean, we got two games coming up. So, I mean, how do you see these two games shaking out? And maybe we can just kind of wrap up with that. Yeah, I, I, I think that tomorrow night I, – I, I, I'm, a, I'm well tonight. I'm, a, I'm expecting a hard-fought game against the Panthers. So uh, I would expect that the Lightning are to come out. If they could win tonight, they're going to come out and play a hard-fought game like they normally do. And and I think that it's going to be really a, a close game. I would have to say maybe two-one, maybe three-one Lightning uh, at home. And then we're going to look. I, I I think if I think the Sunday game is a toss-up. I think there's really no team that you can really give the edge especially after the new year. I think that the Rangers are the type of team that, you know, they're young, they're fast, they're dangerous, that they have a ton of skill. They don't just have one guy that could beat you on every single, on any single night. And, and with Andre Vasilevsky out of the lineup, um, all bets are off. I could see this Rangers team, especially if they lose on New Year's Eve, coming back to the guard in front of their fans, an earlier game than what we really see. And we could see it go down to the wire within the final seconds. How about you, John? I think uh, one way or another, it's probably going to be a split. And initially, I was thinking that the Lightning would win the first one. But, you know, looking at the Rangers' schedule, so they play the Lightning, obviously, Friday, New Year's Eve. Then they play them again on Sunday. And that's the first game of a back-to-back. And they play the Oilers on Monday. So looking at it that way, I get the feeling that we're going to see Igor Shesterkin play this game on Friday and then probably Kincaid on Sunday, simply because, you know, the Rangers tend to not go with the same goalie in both games of a back-to-back. So with that in mind, I will say the Rangers eke out a 4-3 to win uh, against the Lightning in Tampa here, and then maybe Tampa wins the, uh, the game on Sunday by a score of like 5-3 to or something in that area. I think it's going to be hard to, to hold down Tampa Bay's offense in, in two straight games. So, yeah, I see it shaking up as, as a split. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind that as long as uh, my, my team could pick up some points here and there. Uh, yep. So yep. where they could find your show at? Oh, yeah. So um, you can find me on Twitter at JTrick17, and then you can find the uh, actual podcast Twitter at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers, and the podcast is available wherever you listen to your podcast. And how about you, Adam? Uh, where can uh, the Ranger fans find you? You can find the show on Twitter at LO underscore Lightning, and then you can follow the show on Instagram at LockedOn underscore Lightning. Uh, always, always great getting back together and, and doing a crossover with you. Uh, as maybe some of our listeners don't know, John and I used to work at NHL.com with each other. So uh, we've watched our fair share of games together. And, and now we're, we're finally talking about more of them uh, now, especially as our teams are, are facing off for the first time this season. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was a blast working there. And it's, it's good that we can still kind of work together, do these crossover episodes and uh, hopefully give people, uh, you know, some, some entertaining episodes here. One of these days, we're gonna have to do an episode that's just, just talking about working at NHL.com because we can definitely <laughs> share some stories from those days, man. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's, that's definitely a segment that we'll have to uh, put, do for the, uh, for the off season. 
All right, once again, a huge thanks to Mr. Adam Denker for teaming up for this special crossover edition here, and a huge thanks to you guys as well for listening to the Locked On New York Rangers podcast, your team every day. I'm thinking we'll probably end up doing a Sunday episode because the Rangers schedule is pretty packed right now. They're playing three times in just four days, so uh, maybe we'll come back with a Sunday episode and, uh, you know, recap everything that happens between the Rangers and Lightning on Friday, and then uh, after that, you know, we'll do a Tuesday episode where we talk about round two between the Rangers and Lightning, as well as the Rangers Monday night game against the Edmonton Oilers. But that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It is free and available on all platforms.